When you harness the recurring income machine, that's when business becomes amazing. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guide, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, yo, it's Johnny McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy, and it's time for episode 47 of the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast, where you'll discover tactics and strategies to increase your email profits by 25 to 100% in 90 days or less without spending more on advertising. Now, today, I'll be talking to James Schramko. He's been on the show before. He was uh, back in episode four a long time ago. It's almost been a year since he came on the show. Now, today, we're going to talk about something different, not about email marketing specifically, but about business strategy. Now, I'll get more into the, the details of why I brought him back on, but basically, I've seen James go on other podcasts, and he's basically breaking people's businesses down. He gets on there and adds some, you know, gives them some really tough feedback on what they should be doing, what they're doing wrong right now, and what they could do to fix it. Now, I thought, what a great idea for a podcast. James gets to come on here, and, and he can pull me apart. He can hack into me and show me what I'm doing wrong, because I'm a big believer in like, you know, taking criticism. He has a lot more experience than me, so I wanted to get him on to uh, give him the opportunity to get some attention towards himself and his own business, but also, I know he loves to do it. I know he loves to get on and talk about this business strategy stuff and really be brutally blunt about this kind of feedback, so that's why I've got him on. I wanted to shake things up and find out what he thinks about my business, the McMethod, and see if I can learn some new things. So we talk about things like recurring revenue and why that's one of the uh, the best business models you can set up, and it, yeah, like I said, it's not just email marketing. We talk a little bit about that, but it's more just business strategy. This is going to help anyone from, I, I think, freelancers to all the way through to people really doing who are looking for just business guidance because you're going to be able to take the, the advice that James applies to my business, the lessons, and think about it and apply it to your own business and maybe you'll get some ideas for how you could improve over the next few months or the next year. To get the show notes for this episode of the Email Marketing Podcast, go to themcmethod.com slash 47. If you want to make my day and put a huge smile on my face, head over to itunes.com, search for the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast and leave me a review. If you drop a link in the review as well, I will mention it on the show And because like I said, these reviews really make my day and they help me get the word out about the Email Marketing Podcast. Now, one question before we get into this interview. Here it is. What would your autoresponder sequence be for attracting copywriting clients? How long? How often? What structure? I think that's a great question. There's a lot of copywriters who, are, who listen to this show and they want to do sales letters or email autoresponders for their clients. So here's what I would do. I would, you've really got to step back and think about who is your client and why would they join your list in the first place? They're going to be a business owner. Maybe they've tried to write this themselves. Depends what level they're at. Maybe they haven't. Maybe they're just looking for a copywriter. So I would first, you've got to think about where are they coming from? Are you advertising to them on Facebook? Are you getting them via organic traffic? Are they coming to your site? And why are they you know, why are they on your site? If they're just looking for a copywriter, if that's why they're there, if you're advertising to people who are just searching for copywriters, you might have, say, an autoresponder opt-in that says, you know, a free report tells you, you know, step-by-step how to hire or the five, five things you've got to watch out for when you hire a copywriter something like that. That's what someone who's looking to hire a copywriter is going to be interested in. Conversely, maybe you have a lot of content on your site about how to write an email autoresponder, how to write a sales letter, some of the, the nitty-gritty, the technical side of doing, you know, doing the work. In that case, the people on your site, these potential clients, they're probably going to be the sort of people that are, that are interested, have tried to do it themselves, but are sick of it or too lazy or for whatever reason don't want to do it and they'd like to hire someone like you. So in that case, you could do the you know five things you you know you got to watch out for when you're hiring copywriters report. You could do something like that, or you could just have an uh, you know an autoresponder on how to do it, kind of like a blueprint 
I guess almost like a, give them a blueprint and uh, of how to write an autoresponder, how to write a sales letter, or how to do whatever your service is. Give them a blueprint and say, you can do this yourself, step by step. You can even give it to them for free, right? Because you're not trying to educate them on how to do it. You're just trying to make them go, oh man, that's so much work. Can I just hire you? So you could have a, have a one-page rip sheet with the steps on how to do it. Or you can have this as a crash course where you send an email out once every three days or something like that. I'll probably do once every three days. These guys are busy. I don't know if daily is the best one. You could try daily. But I would go every three days. As for how long, I would go for at least a month. So at least 10 emails, one every three days. As for what structure, just go to the standard one. I mean, you've been on my list. If you're not on my list, go to themcmethod.com and sign up. Email number one, as you'll see, asks a few questions and uh, gives them the bribe, if there is a bribe to get them on the list. That's your report, that's the video or something like that. And then from then on, it's just adding value, um, entertaining them and making a regular offer saying, you know, here's how to, say, write a sales page or here's the, here's the three-step framework I use. You know, and then at the bottom, you might say, you don't want to do this yourself? Hit reply and tell me. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about working together. Something like that. I mean, it's really that simple. I think uh, you've got to watch out for Don't complicate this too much. All right, it's about getting someone's attention, which you do that with you know, relevant attention. If they're looking for a copywriter, if they're looking for content and how-to tips, give them what they want, and then you just make offers regularly you know, where, you, where you say, don't want to do this yourself, I can do it for you. Call this number, send me an email, right? click this buy now button. But uh, you know, and as for how long, I would uh, consider doing some sort of broadcast setup where you're emailing people at least once a week indefinitely because some people are going to be ready to hire a copywriter straight away. Some people are going to need one every few months. Some people won't need one for six months. So if you just stay on the radar, the autoresponder is great for this or the, the email marketing is great for this. You can just stay top of mind so that when they're ready to hire you, you'll be the one they think of. Okay, I hope that helps. That's a bit of a that's a loose structure. Um, you can probably learn more about this in McMaster's with uh, the McIntyre method and the different courses that are available in there. And uh, yeah, that's that. Anyway, let's get into this interview with Mr. James Shramko. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with James Shramko. Now, James came on the podcast in episode four to talk about how he gets 95% repeat customers without affiliates, promotions, JVs. You can find that at uh, dropdeadcopy.com slash EP4. But today, I wanted to bring James back, not for email marketing specifically, but because he's recently been causing a bit of a stir and on the internet, going on people's podcasts and really knuckling down into their onto their specific business and talking about their business model and then breaking it down. He's done this with a few people and it, it's fascinating to watch. He did it with Pat Flynn. He's done it with uh, another guy, Damian Thompson from Lynchpin. And it's just like a back and forth banter about you know what their business model is now and what James you know what he thinks it should be. And it's not just fascinating, it's very, very helpful because then you start thinking, well, what could I do in my own model? So I thought I'd get James back to talk about this kind of thing in relation to drop dead copy and the McIntyre method and the email marketing podcast and the whole thing. Because I'm kind of in a stage right now where I'm trying to figure some of these things out and rather than just do it on a quiet phone call, that would be really helpful to kind of record it, turn it into a podcast and it's going to be helpful for you know anyone who's I guess, doing business online. So that's what we're going to try to do anyway. How are you going today, James? Yeah, good. Thanks, John. And I'm glad you did invite me back and I always love to have a discussion around business models. It's something that I do pretty much every week with business owners. So it's the thing that I tend to gravitate towards. I guess that's why I couldn't help myself when I was speaking to these guys on my own shows or on their shows even uh, is to ask them these questions. And sometimes maybe they haven't even thought of that angle before and it, it is enlightening and hopefully we'll come up with some cool stuff today. Okay. Okay, cool. Now, I'm just curious, when you do these podcasts with other people, are you doing it, are you intentionally trying to kind of rile them up a little bit and, and challenge them or is it just your natural way of talking? You're just saying, well, what about this and what about that? 
Well, definitely my default position is I've been called direct before. And in the case of Damien, I really wanted to break through there because he had such fixed positions on stuff. I really felt that it would be helpful for him to bust down some walls. And in the case of Pat and with John Lee Dumas, it really fascinates me. These guys have got a huge following, they've got huge distribution, but they under-monetize themselves like crazy compared to their potential. And it's in both cases because they're inexperienced and they have a fair bit of fear around change and they're quite slow moving towards the business model that I think they would be crazy not to do and it you know it just it genuinely intrigues me and when i had them on my show we wanted to i wanted to talk about their business and where they're at and we in both cases i think we arrived at the stage where they they're in their early phases but i don't understand why people don't move to the later phases much faster if the path becomes clear so it was great to have that discussion and, and really insightful and i continue to have those discussions with both of them i think what's really interesting about this is that, that guys like John Lee Dumas and Pat Flynn, that they can be they can be very successful in a way, yet they can be vastly uh, underutilizing their or under leveraging what they have, which is it's very oh, exciting. When phenomenally, you think about it that way. like in both cases, they're under leveraging what they have, and in different ways. I think Pat is interesting. He's got so many followers. He's got a a moniker for his business that is kind of unrealistic. It certainly doesn't appear passive, the amount of effort that goes into it. But he, what he does is he puts his best efforts into managing a Facebook fan page instead of having a business community that he could monetize for gazillions. So that's interesting to me. And on the John side, he doesn't love recurring payments. He thinks it's overrated, he told me on a tweet. And he's taken a, he's had a few good profitable months selling life time memberships but then the big question is what next and i just see a huge opportunity there missed in a way um, and i also have done this in my own business and i'm talking about seven years ago or eight years ago i used to give away lifetime memberships to a program and it was totally related to confidence and lack of experience when you harness the recurring income machine that's when business becomes amazing and I really think that I don't think that it's overrated. I think recurring income is phenomenal, and that's why telcos do it, and you know, credit card companies do it, and uh, there's so many examples of recurring programs. To some extent, even if you own a car, you're on a recurring fuel program in a way. You know, having this thing that people need all the time is a good position to be in. Absolutely, I like this idea as well. That if you can find these things, like going from say lifetime you know, this lifetime membership thing to recurring, you can find these little points in the business, these tiny little leverage points in the business, which is so small, but just one change can turn the whole thing and just put it on steroids. And that was effectively one of the main changes I made. I used to promote a one-time product as an affiliate, and then I switched to promoting a recurring product. And my income started snowballing because of this one change. It took me from sort of a reasonable income to a dramatically better income. And then when you start looking at how can you apply this to services, that's when it gets really cool. One of the changes I made was to only offer recurring subscription for services, for packaged services, rather than a one-time service for my main service. And it very quickly built up into a five or $600,000 a year revenue just because the automatic product was actually recurring subscription. And that was the main way that it was sold. So you can come to the market and change the game to some extent. And I saw Vodafone do this in Australia in the early 90s when telephones 
were not sold on contract and they came to the market with contracts and they had people sign up and go on contract to basically commit themselves for a long time on a recurring program. Okay. Okay. Cool. Is, one thing I'm, I'm going to be wondering as we continue to talk about this is, is, is there a right time to do it? Like, do you need to have a substantial user base or audience before you do it or, or could you just start out from the, very, from the outset with a recurring revenue model? You could start out from the outset. There are some people who say, you know, build up an audience, build up distribution and then monetize it. And that's okay. And it's great. Works for Amazon, works for Facebook, works for Twitter, works for John Le Dumas to some extent. You know, getting that distribution. But here's the thing. If you've got distribution, you'll be able to monetize it at some point probably regardless and you, you can monetize it to a great extent all at once. However, if you can set up a nice recurring program in the beginning, you can start getting the money from the beginning and you can grow it and snowball it without having to go through that phase. And some of the big questions you want to ask yourself is, are you selling a one-time product because you lack the confidence to ask someone to commit to a recurring program? That's like a confidence question. Are you selling a one-time product because you haven't really taken the time to understand your customer and find out what else they need and then get yourself in a position where you could be the one to offer that? Okay, cool. So well, how about we get into it? I'll, I'll, I, I was thinking I'll, I'll tell the listener what my plan for uh, Drop Dead Coffee is and the, and the business and then we can talk about, you know, because I, I don't have any recurring revenue model in place at the moment. That, that's, this is what you mentioned on the podcast with Damien that I was in the perfect market for recurring revenue and it just like hit me in the face. I was like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> I wanted to find out. So I'll, I'll talk about what my plan is and then we can talk about how recurring revenue could apply to all that. Does that sound good? Yeah, let's roll. Okay. So basically, so where I'm at right now, I've got Drop Dead Copy. There's 32 podcasts published. Oh, there's like a three-month three month email autoresponder sequence with daily emails. And, so, and all that's working really, really well. The, the traffic's kind of okay. And what, what's been happening is... Uh, I actually, I was doing client work up until about March this year. Then I created the McIntyre method, which is a product which I charge uh, $200 and $300, depending on what level someone does, to teach them how to write autoresponders. So when I created that, then I kind of tapered back the client work because I didn't want to do it. And I was just doing one-off things at a fairly low price at that point because I didn't have as much confidence as I, as I do now. So I, there was the McIntyre method and then client work tapered back. And then I went to work in another business with someone I met in Chiang Mai. Now we've ended that project and now I've decided to return all my focus back to drop dead copy because I've started to, I guess I've started to, to kind of dream a little bit and think, you know, what, if I was to really apply myself, what could I turn it into? And I think there's a huge amount of potential, but I have to, uh, you know, really knuckle down on it. So what I've been doing is I've been turning down clients for about six months. I usually tell them I'm booked out because oh, basically, that's basically the truth because I've been working on other stuff. And um, I might get anywhere from, you know, two to five uh, people a week, sometimes 10, asking if they can hire me. And uh, I've been just been turning them down, just saying, go join the waiting list. I don't know when I'm doing client work ever, you know, again, if I'll ever do it. But the problem is, over the last kind of month or two, especially since Bangkok, when we had that conference in the DC conference, people have been saying, you should read Built to Sell. You should start doing this, these services. I've been like, well, I don't want to do phone calls. It's, it's, you know, it's a pain in the ass. I'm going to then have to communicate with clients via email and all this, just basically making ex excuses and being a bitch about it. So I finally decided to kind of give it a shot and launch an agency model. I'm just, I don't really know what prices to do or how to do the recurring thing. I was just going to try and sell an autoresponder for, say, 10K and charge someone, you know, 30 emails for 10 grand. And then what I've actually done this week is I've sent out a few emails for an offer where they get three grand for 10 emails per month, 37.50 for 15 or 6K for 30 emails a month. And the idea was that they would just, you know, pay for the emails, I deliver them, and that'd be it. So I've just sent that out this week and uh, just watching the response now. The idea is no custom jobs, so I don't have to, you know, get heavily involved in talking to the client. 
and the emails in the McIntyre method style. So clients pay for the uh, the brand, so to speak, basically to eliminate competition, all that sort of stuff. And uh, we just have a set a set uh, framework or flow that we use for every every single sequence. We just execute it, and it gets real easy. So that's the that's the plan right now. And I've only really just it just started ticking over in the last few weeks. So I'm still testing the waters and trying to figure out what model, what offer, what people are really wanting. So what do you think about that? Well, how are they voting with what they really want with the order button? Well, no one signed up for this offer this week that I've put out so far. It's been out since Monday. But then I'm not sure if that's, you know, is the list too small or is just it's too, the price is too high or too small? Or It might come down to who is your actual customer for that and what sort of problems are they having? Because you're trying to create a solution. Now, let's just back up a bit. One thing is with, um, with Built to Sell, one of the main elements to that is that the thing will have to work without you for it to be saleable. So have you got anyone else in your team at this point? Right. So that's going to be a major thing because that's going to determine the type of business model that works for you. So for example, if we look at my SEO business, I don't want to be writing articles or posting them out there onto blogs. So I have a team that does that and that allows me to sell packaged services that does not require me. Do you plan on bringing in a protege or having some people who are able to create autoresponders using your formula and doing some diagnosis of the customer scenario? Well, that was the idea. So I, with the, with, you know, if someone signs up, I'm going to go and hire someone and then get them to write it. So actually, it was about two weeks ago, I posted a blog post uh, just saying I'm hiring it. You know, people would sign up with their email and then I asked them all to write an email to me in the, the style I do for drop-dead copy on why I should hire them. So I've got 20, I'd say at least 25 applications from some really, really high-quality people. You know, it's the first time I've really been exposed to it. People are trying to win me over and, and you know, send me tips and, and really try and get me to uh, to accept them, to, to work with them. So I've got all these people who want to work for me now. Now it's about finding the right model so I can give them more work. Beautiful. Okay, so that opens up options. If you have a team, then that means that you could actually tap into both types of typical economies. There's the work for the hour type economy. You could literally sell hourly time as a package. That's one of the things we sell at our website company. We sell hourly packs. So for example, you could sell a package that is certain number of autoresponders or certain amount of time that people could spend going over or reviewing or rectifying current autoresponder services. Okay. You could put that on a recurring plan. That is, uh, and then you always look to other examples for validation of this model. Um, so if in the IT industry, there's uh, like maintenance packages where people will spend a certain amount of hours updating or cleaning or servicing the servers and making sure the technology works. So in your case, you could have like autoresponder rescue pack. It's like uh, five hours. We'll diagnose your existing autoresponders. We'll create a recommendations report on what we think needs changing. And then subject to your approval, then we'll implement the changes till the end of the five hours. And on, on the checkout page, you can actually have the ability for them to select multiple five-hour packs. So it be two or three or five five-hour packs because you might in the report say that oh, we recommend all of these changes and we'll complete as many as we can in the remainder of the five hours. However, we recommend you purchase another 10 hours for us to complete everything there. So basically doing a, a paid gap analysis and then getting paid to implement. So that works really, really well. And it's a totally valid model. And initially you might do it and document all of the steps you're doing in a standard operating procedure and then have your protege step in and start doing this for you. 
Okay. The other thing you can do is sell by the result. So you could you could say we will you know buy this buy this package and we'll give you X number of um, emails, which is where you've arrived at at the moment. But I'm just wondering if quantity of emails is is relevant or not, uh, or if there's some other measure of success that a customer would value more highly. Maybe it is that you could result in them building their list faster, or perhaps you could increase the open and click-through rates on their current list. There's all these sort of offers that might be more interesting to a customer. Yep. Okay. So think about how they would judge your work and what do they find impressive. And yeah, there'll, there'll be metrics that, is, that, are, that are different. And this is, the, this is the challenge that you may have had with custom work is that every customer will have a different way to measure your success. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> some of them will be, you know, some of them won't really give you much judgment at all. Others will be whether it impresses their boss. Others will be if it actually sells more stuff. Others will just want to feel that they're not getting ripped off. So people have different success things. Now, you've, you've also got the options to slide between done for you and do it yourselfers. The done for you is they're going to want to pay you money and you solve all their problems and they don't want to be involved in it. They don't dedicate a lot of time and energy to it. So you're working totally on the result there. Then the do-it-yourselfers, uh, probably they would like you to teach them how to do stuff. And this is where you go into a recurring program that may not be fully service-based. It might have an element of information. It could be a masterclass. It could be delivered over 10 weeks. It might be a 10-week masterclass that they pay for over two or three payments. So now you've created a recurring information product at a higher price point. And it may not involve you delivering anything live. It may involve you having pre-recorded modules that they watch and then you amazingly have an autoresponder that delivers the modules. And then you can invite question and answers, which might be via an auto, it might be via email, it might be email coaching, it might be via a forum, it might be via a Q&A webinar that you hold once a month, for example. Yeah. Uh, so there's so many ways for you to deliver your expertise. And, the, you know, the main thing is focus on what you are absolutely the best in the world out there and start bringing on a team so that they can learn the system and apply it for all these all the ways that that you need to test till you find something that sticks really well and then have a look at when you are pricing have a look at annual programs that people could part pay in phases they could pay annually they could pay quarterly or they could pay monthly so i've been messing around with some of those different payment frequencies and it's really interesting to discover what happens when you do that and i'll give you a few tips on that but one tip is get your first customers get them grandfathered in or locked in at a lower rate than your eventual customers so that they feel like every month or every quarter that they're being billed, they feel like they're winning because they took a bet on you early in your life cycle. Because okay. you know, in a year from now or two years from now, who knows how powerful you'll be in the space and you'll be looking back at your first programs thinking, geez, I undersold myself there, I was too cheap. But your customer will be thinking, you know, this is like me buying a Van Gogh painting before he was famous. You know, I, I got in at the ground level and I've, I'll, I'll never let my subscription lapse. Yeah. And if you think about it, you know, I'm on a, looking for examples outside, I'm on a go-to webinar plan that I purchased seven years ago and it's like 100 bucks a month or $1,000 a year, something ridiculous for a 1,000-seat webinar. And these days it costs hundreds per month. So I, I have a, you know, I would never let that subscription go because it's such great value and it's so much cheaper than to replace it with the new version. Okay, okay, right. But then it's positioned differently as well because you're grandfathered in. 
Yeah, so I always do this with my recurring subscriptions. I've done it with my services. I've done it with my coaching communities. I've done it with my mastermind. The longer term loyal members got in, they took a risk on me and I repay them with loyalty. And each year I get better and our service improves and we refine our ability to deliver results and the rates go up because it's worth more in the marketplace. So everyone's a winner in that scenario. Okay, okay. One thing I just thought of when you're talking about building the team was how do I pay them? Because like in terms of like what's the model? I was thinking if I'm just going to do autoresponders, maybe that's too simplistic it sounds like. I was just going to say I'm going to pay you per email. So I'll pay you 30 bucks per email, 50 bucks per email and you just write X number of emails for me. But it sounds like what I really need is someone to come on and really understand the entire system and they put in 30, 40 hours a week for a salary. And, uh, and then I get them trained up so they can deliver this, say, the, you know, the autoresponder rescue pack or those different things. This is where you pull out a Google Docs or a spreadsheet and you start factoring your costing model. And this is something I would regularly do with the mastermind student. When you're working out how to package services, you need to know how long does it take to do the service and how much are the equivalent rates for the service out there in the marketplace? So there's a few ways to cost something. You can do a cost plus profit margin, which is pretty typical in a retail market. So you, you might say, well, okay, the to write an autoresponder takes one hour, for example. I don't know how long it takes. I'm just making that up. And Or maybe it's say it takes two hours. And let's say that you would have to pay somebody who's half good at writing $20 an hour if you're, you know, if you're getting a really good writer in a, in a student environment or something. It might cost you $40 to write one autoresponder. So the cost plus profit margin might be 80 bucks. You would sell it for $80. You want a 100% profit margin, right? Now, then you'd say, okay, so a good, well-written uh, autoresponder might cost me th this much. This is how much I want to sell it for. And then you can start packaging them together and having bulk discounts and you can put them on a long-term contract. Now you can work out, should I be hiring people per autoresponder or should I be paying per hour? Because you get someone good over time, they're going to improve their performance by about 20% as a baseline because they get more in the routine, they get some comfy job security, they enjoy it, they're good at it, and now they can basically have that stability that comes with being an employee and you know that you can get a good effective rate per finished autoresponder. It might be lower than hiring a freelancer. If you're paying $20 an hour for a freelancer, chances are you can probably pay $7 an hour for a full-timer because you're taking more risk, you're committing to a longer contract. See, in the case of my team, I'm committing to perpetual employment of more than 50 people. So I'm, I'm taking the risk and my risk is that I can buy all this labor, I can buy whatever, whatever it works out at, 500 hours of labor a day, and then I have to be able to package that. I've got to use that labor into packages that I can then resell for a profit margin. And the good news is that it, it works out for me that I can do that, but I couldn't do it if I was hiring them piecemeal or per unit. There's only a few roles in our company where we'll pay per unit, and that might be per press release or per article, and they're very similar to an autoresponder. So it's up to you to work out a job agreement that works for you. Do you want full-timers? Do you want some part-timers? What part of the world are they going to live in? You know, what level are you going into the market at? Are you going in the IM warrior forum market? Or are you going into the high-end commercial lawyer retail market? Because you could sell autoresponders for thousands to those customers and you'll probably sell them for t tens of dollars for the low end of the market. I want to get and to the top you, end. 
go for the top end of town and that's that's where you should focus. That's where my resellers are focused. They're selling to real businesses. And here's the other thing. Are you selling wholesale or retail? And that's why you really have to work out who is your customer. Is your customer a reseller who's dealing with the end user having that end relationship? Because if you're doing that, then you're going to be dealing with the same people over and over again. You're not going to have the relationship with the end customer, but you're not going to have all the hassles that comes with that. You're not going to have to answer all these questions or educate them from scratch because your reseller does that. That's what they're doing as the retailer. They are actually handling all the customer service. You've effectively outsourced your marketing and now you've become the supplier and that's your special skill set. Now, if you want to retail these, just keep in mind that you'll have to consider some things like customer support. At the moment, it's you and you're going to get bogged down really quickly with crappy stuff like, what do I get? How much is it? Now, every time someone asks you that, make a video or an audio about it and put it on your FAQ page and build out your library of answers to every possible question that you could ever be asked, which is kind of where we're at now with our SEO stuff. We have FAQ pages, we have glossaries, I've got stacks of videos that answer what is the difference between blah and blah, you know, anytime you get it. And then you're going to need to scale up support. Now for support, it's not expensive to do this. You set up a Zendesk or similar, you make sure that it's under your branded name, and then you hire someone to run it and you quickly train them as much as you can to handle support. Because that's what's going to go, that's what's going to, to get you busy unexpectedly is support. And a lot of people with my business say, wow, your support team are amazing. And it's no coincidence. That's because I came from a high level brand. I understand that it's frustrating when you can't get anyone to talk to you or to explain something. And the secret to our recurring business, and I will credit Dean Jackson for helping me on this concept, is to continually focus on keeping that customer you've already got instead of continually chasing new ones. If you just look after the ones in your system, and that's where support's really important and and lots of other little techniques you can do, and that's a more advanced topic, but you'll be diverting a lot of your attention onto retention rather than acquisition once you have a recurring model in place because it will be that valuable for you. And instead of having to be out there promoing and fire sailing and jamming orders into the final discount sale or cyber Fridays or Black Mondays or whatever they are, you're going to now just sit back, relax, coast along. And if, if you're lucky enough, you'll end up with a business like mine where there's so little pressure and hype involved in making sales. It's really just looking after the people you're already dealing with game. And that's such a better game. Absolutely. And then, then I can start listening to podcasts on one time speed instead of two. Yeah, you can chill a bit. Take your time. <laughs> enjoy it like a fine wine or a good meal. You don't want to rush that down. <laughs> Especially if it's think I'd <laughs> Yeah, listen, Ezra's fast enough on one speed. You'll be fine. It's all those vegetables. Uh, one thing I'm really interested in is I can see how the model could work and let's say you know once you have something up and running whether it's a rescue pack or any sort of package like that once it's running it seems like it's it's fairly easy to figure the rest out you're just ironing out the kinks but the initial part of like I'm just not sure about that am I meant to be let's say coming up with say five or ten different packages or offers and then just putting them all on one page or sending them out at different times and just seeing basically chucking out different types of bait and seeing what people buy it it's not ideal. It's not really the minimum viable product startup thing doing that. It's um, really should be working more with your customer's problem. You know, like Gary Halbert was yeah. famous for saying, you know, all I want is a starving crowd. What are people starving for? What do they already ask you for? That's a good indicator rather than you having to guess. 
Okay. But I mean, so once I've done that, once I've, let's say I've gone into my, to my email inbox and I'm looking at people who've emailed me with questions in the past or warm leads or whoever they are and I've got a list of things, I'm like, well, this how about this package? You know, this package looks like it'll solve. Well, hang on a sec. Are you getting people asking you to teach you how to write autoresponders who have bought your product or are you getting people to say, hey, do you can you just do my autoresponders for my business? Or they say, hey, I've got someone in my business. Could you tell me if they're any good or not or train them? Like what sort of things are they? asking you for the the most common one will be someone who says i you know they usually that they, they don't seem to know much about it but they're like well i kind of want to set up an autoresponder for my business when can we talk so it's a very and so, thing. so they want you to do it or they want you to show them how to do it i would say in most cases they, they'd want me to do it they want to get on the phone and they want me to suggest some sort of solution and then use it when i when i was doing client work six months ago i would get on the phone with them and uh, i just talk to them and i'd find out what their problem is and i'd tell them all right well you need how about we do this we'll do a 10 email autoresponder and then they'd pay me to do it Right, so simply you just need an offer and then a system to cater for it and get your funnel cranked up. So it might look like this. You might have a page on your site with a video of you saying, hi, your business is probably underperforming, blah, blah, blah. You know, you know all the reasons and the hooks and everything. The next step, if you want to sort this out, is to apply for our autoresponder fast start program. And in that program, we will find out more about your business, design a autoresponder sequence system that works for you. We will install it and you can expect these sort of results. If this sounds like what you're after, apply here. Have them apply and pay some money. You need a tripwire here to stop yourself wasting time with people who aren't right for the program. The deposit will count towards the service and as a minimum, like you could do something like a paid report where, and we do this for our SEO, people pay us to go and look at their site and tell them what's wrong with it and what we would do to fix it. And we include that as a rebate against any service. If they don't buy something, then they got a great value report. Okay, so you could have the, the first step is you order a autoresponder diagnosis report. That's where you tell us what your business is right now, what if any autoresponders you currently have, how you're communicating them, what system you use, and we'll give you our professional opinion. In they fill out this form, they pay the money. So now you have a qualified lead, then someone in your team who you've hand trained in the beginning will go through a checklist and they'll fill out the answers for all of the things that they could then give to you. So now at the first time you're dealing with anything, you've got a paying customer who's already paid you who, and someone in your team has delivered you the things. Mm, okay. Wow, this is fantastic. I'm, my mind's, um, I've got tons of ideas now. Well, I'm thinking the, the best idea of all is um, aside from your services, surely there would be space for a community of people who want to specialize in the craft of writing autoresponders and to be able to go and offer services like this to other businesses, which you could then have them buying your wholesale service. Okay. So you mean, so they would, they would come in and they would go through, say, my product that would teach them how to do it, or they would just go and sell the service? Yeah. So let's say you've got the... Um, by the way, do you like how you kept talking about the rescue pack? Because even though I mentioned it once, it was so catchy, you can't help but remember it. <laughs> when you give a name to something like that, man, it's, it's that hook. That's right. So you come up with a, a name, a catchy, cool name for your community. And I use the word community because that's what we want to build, but we want to make it something really cool. Mm. So there's lots of different names out there for communities. And uh, I'm actually building a brand new community now. It's such a cool, catchy name that I love the name so much. I want to make that. I get emotional and warm and fuzzy <laughs> about wanting to create it. So you create an amazing community, uh, which is really dedicated to the craft 
of autoresponderology, whatever that happens to be. But, you know, all of the encompassing elements of it's got a blend of copywriting. It's got a blend of technological understanding, a bit of, you know, persuasion and psychology. Mm. But you specifically dedicate this community to um, the aspects of that every business really finds appealing. And that is that the idea that they need to capture and a record onto their database and then have a sensible communication with that person that will increase sales. And then you can go beyond just that initial capture. It's how do you reactivate old people? It's how do you sell more to your existing customers with cross promotions? And how do you even get your customers referring and promoting? So you can have these like seven layers of autoresponder uh, graduations that people could go through and you could have modules in a community and you could charge them a fee. It might be $39 a month and it might be join our community. Diet. We will teach you um, to go beyond the, the surface, to go past where most people go with, with deep insights into these seven different areas. Not only that, we're going to show you how you can turn this into an amazing business for you. Once you know how to do this, you will be the hottest thing going to any business owner, especially if they're not doing a fraction of this, which you know pretty much every business falls into that category. And should you uh, want to to um, you know go out there and hook up customers, and if you find yourself swamped and you can't keep up with it, then you can come and buy uh, rescue pack hours or or whatever you want. Like you can provide them the services then that lets them have it all done for them because effectively you're their surrogate team. You're the back end because you've gone and figured it out. You've hired, you've trained, you've systemized, you've SOP'd, you've set up the system. They're not going to do that because they're not John McIntyre. They're going to be focused on business development and marketing. So you've got your marketing team in place and you're training them and they're paying you to learn. Yep. Okay. Well, this is a lot like uh, what you do with Fastweb Formula and Silver Circle. You will we'll fancy that. <laughs> <laughs> that my very best customers, they will pay me. And oh, when I say that, I'm being cheeky. They invest in themselves. Let's be clear on that. They invest in themselves to learn from me how to grow their business and where they need help beyond their potential or capacity, I step in with a service that can provide it, everything through uh, website development, hosting, and search engine optimization. But there are services I don't provide. I don't provide autoresponder or CRM services. Hmm. But if someone like you did, guess whose customers are also your customers? <laughs> Why don't you do any autoresponder stuff? That's just not your uh, key area or...? It's not my key area. I, I think I write a reasonable email and I and we spoke about this on my podcast about I have a different approach than, than a lot of other people. I've really gone into behavior-based triggers and sequences and uh, I do a lot of fresh content with my own The Race course. But I can't do everything and I've, I've tried. I've done a bit of pay-per-click advertising. I've done a little bit of social media stuff. Um, but it's, it takes a lot of energy and effort to grow an entire business around it. We've done well with SEO. We do over a million dollars a year in sales revenue for that. Our website development and hosting is my current focus and we're really kicking some butt there. And we've very quickly busted through the six-figure mark and we're on our way to seven. But again, to do all, every single splinter is, you know, I'm just one guy and I've still got a very successful mastermind and and uh, internet business community to work on and, and they're my 
passion spots, I suppose. They're the ones where I'm really putting a lot of my focus on next year. And there's a lot of gaps for other people. You want to go and be a Facebook agency, you will kill it with my audience. You want to be a pay-per-click expert, you will kill it with my audience. Because I don't do those things, but there's hundreds, like there's literally hundreds of people. It's like your friend Ben, who's in the podcasting area. You know, he wants to do this sort of thing in, in that space and he's going to smash it because it's just getting started. Mm. So, so many opportunities and that's why I think if you're looking for building a recurring revenue business, then you just think, well, what's your special ability? What are you known for? How can you structure it so that you're not doing every single piece of it? And what are people asking? And I reckon it will come down to a do-it-yourself program that that you can get people to pay you recurring to for you that, to teach them the the subtleties around it, whether you create a uh, autoresponder training for it or a community, and then there'll be the done for you services where you package things up in a way that uh, it might also work for resellers. Okay, okay. One thing I wanted to ask you about before we go is is uh, this mastermind thing. So I, I actually ran a mastermind with a couple of people. Uh, we finished two weeks ago, and I charged them charged them a thousand bucks, and we jumped on the phone twice, once or twice a week. To uh, it ended up being that I would just review their emails, and by the end of it, they were really happy. I'd get on and I'd review one of their emails for half an hour, and then the other one for half an hour, and that'd be that. And um, what do you think about that? I mean, that's the. I mean, to me, that's did you enjoy like a good it? Idea. I I enjoyed it, but showing up for the calls annoys me. That's just a personal thing, I think. And what was your effective hourly rate for it compared to the other things you do? Quite high. <laughs> All right. So, well, what if you had uh, 30 people paying you 2000 or $3,000? Let's say 30 people paying $3,000 for a three-month course. Yep. So, you'd have $90,000. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, if... if 30K a month. It's $1,000 a day and you just have to speak to them maybe once a week for an hour. Yep. That's an unleveraged way compared to what you could do, but it's still not bad, right? Absolutely. I mean, one thing that this would be a whole new conversation. So maybe we have to do this another time. But the mastermind thing, I wouldn't know how to do a mastermind with thirty people. Well, I do. <laughs> I've set this up for so many people, like dozens of people. Everyone from Ezra Firestone through to Jen Sheehan, uh, Victoria Gibson. There's so many, and it's always worked well. And it really comes down to if you enjoy it and how profitable it is. And it's, it's something I enjoy. The reason I enjoy it the most is because it really sharpens me up. And another reason I enjoy it is I tend to have my very best customers so that I get to talk to them every week. It's like paid CRM. They're paying me. I get to turn up and, and give them massive value. And I learn a lot in the process and I'm and then able to – provide every kind of service that they really need and that will solve their problems and it, ter- it tends to work out really well for me hmm. and for them. Well, that's what I found. Apart from, apart from the fact that I had, you know, I had to wake up in the morning and, and show up to the call, I had a blast. It was great. I, I learned so much about some of the, uh, you know, the, the core problems that people are having when they're sitting down to write emails and you know, it's fun building the, you know, relationships with people who you, you'll never probably meet but you know, you're able to help them get better results in their business. It's very... It was very satisfying and fulfilling. It's just, so I think. Well, uh, here's the thing, you know, like in a leverage sense, uh, I did this with Mike Rhodes for PPC and we called it um, Superfast PPC. And I did it with uh, another guy called Andy who was a super affiliate. 
and we called it Super Affiliate Masterclass. I think we sold uh, 30 or 40 people at 3,000 each. We did 10 weeks and I recorded the whole thing and I put it in and then sold it as an information product for hundreds of dollars. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, how do you, when you get on the phone call with them, with, are you getting on a phone call with 30 people? Yeah, you set up a go-to webinar or go-to meeting, depending on how many people, and um, you have a, a framework. But in in this case, with those courses, we just did a 10-week course. We did uh, PowerPoint presentations, and I wasn't even the subject matter expert. My role was to get bums on seats, make the sales, mm. organize the expert, run the thing, record it, and prosper. And I still have those courses inside Fast Web Formula which people can now pay a monthly fee to access. So I'm still getting recurring revenue from that work from a few years ago. And you know why I did that in the first place? I did it for one of the reasons you touched on in this call. I did it to see if I could make Silver Circle work without me in case I wanted to sell that at some point. And the proof of concept was successful. Yes, I can. And then I was switched back to me being the expert and running it like that in its, in its current iteration I am the talent in that and I don't have a pre-structured call each week but I do one-on-one work in the background to help people map out their quarter and we push through that and the results people get are just off off the Richter scale because imagine you know they we 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 say okay you want to do a mastermind I give them the exact blueprint I show them every single step of the way and then I make sure that I crack the whip every single week that they're implementing and getting progress so they, they cannot fail if they do what we talk about and that's the result that I'm delivering my result that I would like to deliver anyone is that they will double their business within three to six months and that's a very typical result in that environment because I have filtering in the first place I'm only speaking to people who apply who have watched the material who feel they're a good fit and then I spend 20 minutes talking to them to make sure and then I send them the link where they can purchase so they can't just buy this they have to apply they have to be accepted and I reject at least 50 percent of the people that apply who aren't ready yet or aren't a good fit for the program and that keeps the group solid okay interesting well one thing i'm just really interested in i i, I know that you i'm enjoying talking about this i'm sure you are too because there's probably people here who are listening who might want to join um one thing i you know, i'd really like to know is what happens when you get on the call are you are you just do you how do you coordinate 30 people on a phone call with some sort of organization so you you get something out of it do you you ask someone to put up their hand or do you have a topic of the day oh there's a lot of ways you can approach this you could prior to the call ask people to submit their best questions and then you can consolidate them and find out which ones are going to offer the most value to the most people and you can cover them as some bullet points mm. you could have preset modules that you want to cover each week and then have Q&A time. Uh, at the moment, I run a mastermind call each week in, even in Fast Web Formula and we'll get 30 people on there. But not everyone will want to participate but they love listening and they like observing and they like being there in real time and they might like to chat a question as well. So you can have chat or you can have voice. In the case of my mastermind, I actually have three call times so I can address anyone in the world. I've got early, mid and late. That gets the US and North American market and then the midsection it tends to get the Aussies and, and uh, people from Dubai and New Zealand and then the late session I pick up Europe, I get the English people and the late Aussies and stuff and that way I usually have around about 10 or 11 people on each call and I don't stop the call until we've 
spoken to every single person individually and we have a pretty simple format of uh, what they've been up to last week. It's really important to, to celebrate wins and to share successes so that everyone on the call benefits from uh, you know, 10 successes, something that worked for 10 people. They might share their best tip for the week. So imagine if you've got a high-level entrepreneur doing six or seven figures a year and they're telling you the one thing they did last week that was amazing. You know, If you pick up 10 of those a week, you're going to move forward. And then we talk about uh, what they're going to focus on for the next week. What's the one thing? And I really want to nail it down to one thing because you can't escape one thing. And, uh, and that will be the thing that moves the business forward more than anything else. So if this was a mastermind call and it was your turn right now, I would say, John, what are you going to do between now and next week's call that is going to change your business forever? And it could be something like that you will sit down and plan out your uh, your recurring program or your recurring programs. I would suggest in your case, you've got the potential to do at least two, probably one for the uh, do-it-yourselfers who want to pay you to be engaging with them occasionally in perhaps a forum where they share ideas around autoresponders and you might want about 60 people to make that work and somewhere from 30 or $40 a month would be enough to, to get that going and you might want to do a, a high-level done-for-you service. The, the thing is the lower price uh, do-it-yourselfer forum is probably less demanding on you than a service business in some ways because uh, they will help each other. You have user-contributed content. Right. They answer each other's questions. They form a community. And then you can do other stuff like an annual event, which you've been to my event. And you, you've seen the magic that happens when yeah. you get a community of people who know each other and bond well. The same as you find at the event we went to in Thailand. You, mm. you get a community of people who share experiences. It's a really satisfying and fulfilling thing to to be a part of that. And there are also income opportunities for you if you get it right to, to um, you know, continue other services that you can offer these people. At least a great broadcasting platform for you to share what's new with them. Mm. Okay. Well, this has been fantastic. Thank you. Uh, thanks for coming on and, and sharing about all this. Uh, well, I hope you've got some. You probably probably got more. Uh, questions than answers. But the, the, my goal really is, as you mentioned in the beginning, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to stir some thoughts here. I want to cause a bit of um, questioning, I'll, you know, go back and test some of your assumptions. Ask yourself some big questions because you'll get some big answers. And it might be something like, how can I put together a program that works really well for my customer and solves their problem in an amazing way they're happy to pay for and that I don't resent, that I actually enjoy delivering. And it might involve a few team members. There's going to be a bit of work. I'm not saying this is a magic pill. <laughs> However, uh, I've you know, really put a lot of time and effort into building communities and building service businesses in the recurring space. I've got at least four now and I'm doing the fifth one or, or maybe it's the sixth, I'm not sure, you know, even down to hosting, which is a recurring service that people really need and there's a big gap in the market. So 
think about putting in the work up front because once you make that sale and the thing's working, it's such a great flywheel to have spinning. It just throws profit off and everyone feels like they're getting great value. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, man, I have, you're absolutely right. I have more questions and answers right now. But I'm going to go away. I'm going to make that plan this week. Uh, you know. <laughs> and I think the most important thing right now, you should be thinking that the last thing you want to do is continue your job of exchanging money for writing emails in an unleveraged fashion. That's, that's got to go for sure, right? Well, that's exactly where I'm at. I mean, I, uh, I, you know, I just wrapped up on this other project just before the conference in Bangkok. And now I'm like, well, I want to find a way to grow drop, drop dead copy, but I don't want to get do any client work myself. So I want to figure out a way. And of course, there's plenty of ways, but I want to find a way to do it. So yeah, I don't write a thing because my job is to go, you know, is to go into the podcast and, you know, make connections and, and grow the business. You got it. And that's, that's exactly what you can do. And that's what your question might look like. Mm. Okay, cool, man. Well, before we go, I tell people, I'm sure they're probably wondering where they can hear more about Fast Web Formula, Fast Web Formula Silver Circle and all the podcasts you're on as well. Well, the, the, probably the, the easiest place to go is just superfastbusiness.com. I put up uh, podcasts and, and uh, business videos. Most of them lead somewhere, of course. <laughs> uh, but you get to see what I'm talking about in action. That is a, uh, a really successful site for me. It's uh, only a year and a half old when, at the time of recording this, but it's my primary base at the moment and it feeds all of my businesses which are on the products page. And even if you go and have a look and just see how it's structured, but keep in mind that I've been able to build this business. I'm, I'm the only person in Australia involved in the business. My team are overseas and they are mostly involved in running the services and I'm mostly involved in running the community. So you can build quite a scaled business if you think about it from the customer's problem point of view and how you can solve that without you having to do every step. And I uh, hope, hope I see you over there. And thanks so much for the uh, so much for being brave and asking yourself honestly some of the big questions that people hide from. Mm. Like you're half crazy. You've invited me to come on your own show <laughs> and critique your business model, but I reckon you'll get something from it too. I was a little bit nervous coming out to it, man. I, you know, I know you can be a blunt guy, so I was wondering, you know, I didn't really know exactly what to expect, but I know that this sort of thing is is so valuable. It's it's just, you know, it's incredible. So, <laughs> so the why not? Let's do it and let's see what happens. We'll make a podcast out of it. Cool. All right, listener, if you want to go and check out uh, James's videos at Superfast Business, I've been watching them the last uh, last week. I was just saying to James that I've been doing it while I've been cooking dinner. It's a great way to uh, make use of that time if you've got no one to talk to. And uh, but it's, it's great content. You get some of the long podcasts where uh, you know an interview with a guest and some really short stuff, just short and snappy. So definitely check that out. I'll have links to your uh, Superfast Business in the show notes at dropdeadcopy.com. Thanks for coming on, James. Thanks, John. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more. Oh,